Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, August 27th, and it's time for another 10 dozen minutes of stuff, and also things and perhaps small furry animals with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm about to give Jake a call, and it's going to be one of those nights where saying Mr. Skullhead is hard, so thankfully I won't have to say it anymore. Uh, here we go. Good evening, Jake. I was just remarking that it's one of those nights where I'm finding it hard to say Mr. Skullhead. So it's oh, a good you thing. Are? Yeah, it's a good thing I'm Mr. Skullhead and you're Jake. So oh yeah, you hardly ever have to say your own name. Yeah, I have to say it like four times every time we open the show, but then we're good. Oh good. Uh, boy, I'm I'm hoping that you've got uh, you brought your A game because I'm I'm running on fumes. Yeah, where you where'd you spend your gas? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just uh, I've, I've just been kind of sluggish. Hmm. I stayed up, stayed up late watching uh, watching a couple episodes of that Breaking Bad, and then I I just I don't know I kind of got up and feel like I'm only firing on half my cylinders all day. Huh. So then I took a nice relaxing bath uh, prior to the show, which was probably a mistake. I probably should have had an invigorating something else. Yeah, you should have had like a cold shower. Cold shower, one of those things where you pay like four dudes to tickle you. Huh. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think it's I, legal in most states. I think it's Swedish. Mm. I think it's a Swedish thing. You do the Russian thing where you go from a sauna to rolling around in the snow while people smack you with birch branches. Mm-hmm. Or twigs, I suppose. Or the thing where you go from Oksana to a different girl. Yeah, from Oksana to Bayul. Who is Oksana Bayul? Was that like an Olympian? A figure skater or a gymna- or gymnast? A gymnast. Probably gymnast. A conda nast. She put the nast in gymnast. Uh, who do you think puts the nast in conda nast? Hmm. Probably Candace Bergen. Or Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. Who put the rice in the Condoleezza Rice? Uh, so kind of, uh, no. No. That joke was going nowhere good. Uh, what have you been up to, Mr. Skullhead? I think I've got, uh, I've got juice. I've got uh, I got me a uh, surly bitter brewer to drink this evening. Okay. Did you have any surly beer when you were here? I don't know if I did. Hmm. We'll have to make sure to fix that. I think I'll, I'll bring a bunch to Columbus. It sounds like something that uh, might have happened. Uh, maybe when we went to Vaginal Blood Farts House. Oh, that could be. But they've got uh, surly bender. Is their like dark stout kind of thing? They have surly furious. It's a really hoppy IPA. And this is, You'd think I think if I owned a, a brewery called Surly, my beers my, my beer varieties would be like Barmaid and Wench and Dock Worker and Security Guard. Huh. Although then you, the, people might think that they're only supposed to buy that brew if that's what they do. So I mean, you know, I I don't know. Would do you think wenches buy a lot of beer? I think of wenches as somebody who probably gets gets free beer in exchange for hand jobs. Yeah, I think they're serving beer more than they're buying it. Yeah. It's kind of a busman's holiday for them. Yeah, a, a busman's? Yeah, a busman's. A busman's hard all. You know what I was reminded of uh, by a random Reddit post was uh, a, a, a radio spot that ran in the 90s for a while. And I think uh, I've been reminded of this since uh, and this has probably even come up on a radio show before, but uh, Corn Nuts did a did a promotion where they had a song about uh, bust a nut, bust a nut, grab a bag of corn nuts and bust a nut, and it was all about going to your room and 
lock the door and open up a bag of corn nuts and then bust a nut and we won't tell. Did they really? They really did. And I, cause wow. I remember hearing it on the radio and thinking, wow, like I, that's gotta be, that's gotta be like a morning zoo fake commercial or something. And right. I remember being surprised that they actually like could use a real product uh, for that. But then it turned out to, to be a real radio spot. Uh, it's even on the corn nuts, uh, Wikipedia page. And you can find it on uh, YouTube, you know, the radio. Do you suppose that was just before the meaning of bust a nut was broadly enough known to get them in trouble and just broadly enough known that some people would get it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, You know, and I think it was pulled once once it was pointed out to them what was going on. (laughs) Here's what the fuck bust a nut means. Yeah, But but I remember actually hearing that on the radio and thinking, wow, I can't believe they got away with that. But thinking that I can't believe they got away with using Corn Nut's name in a parody like that. Yeah. Um, what is the radio like these days? Do you have any idea? They play the same six songs over and over and over again. More so than they did when we were we were younger. Probably not. I uh, I have on my radio presets. I have the like NPR the music station that NPR runs that does like music that's good for grown-ups you know like I don't know not not like easy listening or anything but just like that's where I get my new music from is them uh, I have one that's just a basic top 40 and another one that's an even shittier top 40 and one that is like sucking the dick of people who were kids in the 90s okay so a lot of primitive yeah. radio gods, one song. Right. Do you get that? And like, here's Semi-Charmed Life. Remember how awesome that song was? Here's Sugar Ray. Remember how you hated that song? Well, I bet you like it now that you've heard what music has, has had to offer since then. Uh, here's Pepper by Butthole Surfers. Yep. That's, that is exactly the deal. So, yeah, yeah. It just seems like same old, same old. They all have 15 or 20 new songs that they play in constant rotation I know this has come up before but I do you think it is just us having grown up when we did and having been the age that we were between like I don't know 95 and 2000 that makes it seem like there was a lot of really good music in a very short period of time there like is that just a perceptual thing is there really nothing about the world that makes that true yeah it's hard to say if it was if there was good music or if we were just at the right age to have low standards for music? Well, not even low standards for music. I mean, I don't think that... I think that those songs are good. I think that, like, Novocaine for the Soul by Eels is a fucking great song. Sure. You know? I mean, I think Pepper is a pretty good song. I do, too. Uh, I, I think and I think that, that Primitive Radio God song is a good song. And that was... And, it, and the, it, it seems, in my memory, those songs all came out, like, the same day. <laughs> like... There was just there was sort of one season where a whole bunch of albums came out with a bunch of where all of the one hit wonders the songs were actually really good, uh, popular that not a surf song right yeah I think I I think, think of a, a lot song. of '90s one hit wonder bands as those songs were great like uh, All for You Sister Hazel uh, uh, the Freshman by the Verve Pipe yeah Tonic if you could only see okay if you keyed on my see. That one I was less. Uh, that one I was a little less excited about. The other one that they did, but you wanted more, was the good tonic one. The uh, 
the song you always call the Gray Sky Morning song? Yeah, okay. No, wait, not that one. The other one that Vertical Horizon did. <laughs> wait, that, you hated that song. Yeah, I hate the Gray Sky Morning song. They're, they're genuine hits. I think, okay. I think that just... I think there was plenty of shitty music, but we've had a, had time to forget about it. Sure, but I just wonder why that period of time... I mean, the Refreshments album, like Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy came out in the middle of that, too. Yeah. Right? And that's when, like, Beck started to get really good. Uh, it, 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 it honestly seems like... And I, and I just... I can't tell. Like, I, that, was, that was past the time where I was, like, in my prime, like, getting into music stuff... Mm-hmm. And my getting into music was my discovering the sort of, like, hand-chosen best stuff of the previous, like, 15 years right. or so, right? Because, I mean, most of most of the bands that I got really into did a lot of their actual, uh, you know, sort of meaningful work in the 80s. And then it just seemed, because it just seemed like everything was, everything was just this, like, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, just, yeah, you know, not not much going on with it and i and i don't know if it was just like turning 20 suddenly <laughs> made it so i was in the right demographic for the stuff that was that was being produced in the moment like was that the point at which we were the same age as the people making the music and so it spoke to us on some level that it took real outliers from from previous years to speak to us i think that's possible it's just, it's so hard to objectively evaluate music. Like, I just, I've come to think of culture as, you know, this thing that I really like may very well be completely shitty, but it came out when I was 14. And it was perfect for me when I was 14, and I will always evaluate it through that lens. Yeah, I mean, I guess all the 80s movies that, you know, everything, that, everything that's starting to get re-tread now... Like, was the Goonies... I believe the Goonies holds up, but I don't know if it really does or if I just liked it so much as a kid because I was a kid, you know, and and a kid that was exactly the right age to just have my imagination totally captured by that. Yeah, because we have, like, Vaginal Blood Fart is roughly our age, a little bit younger, but he didn't see it until he was a grown-up and he thought it was pretty dumb huh and the same thing with like labyrinth too he's like this is stupid no one should ever watch it like wow i guess there is something to be said for because he and i have pretty similar tastes in movies to a surprising degree but a lot of the stuff from the 80s that he didn't see until he was older just has no use for yeah i mean i guess i feel that way about time bandits Hmm. and and it's weird that i like you know, I I am so enamored of everything I've seen out of Terry Gilliam that I saw in its time. Sure. Uh, well, I guess which is to say that Twelve Monkeys is like my favorite movie. <laughs> um, and I never I, I I never saw Brazil. I'm told oh I should. God. Yeah. But I mean, I'm told I should in the same hushed tones in which I'm told that I should like Time Bandits. Oh no, I. I was kind of unimpressed with Time Bandits too. Probably because I saw it after Baron Munchausen, and Baron Munchausen was so great. I've not seen that either. Yeah, that's a problem. Is it? 
Yeah, so I would say, like, as somebody who's not a huge fan of Time Bandits, it's definitely worth seeing both of those movies. And I think there were some really cool ideas in Time Bandits. Like, the map was really amazing. It's just kind of a mess, though. Yeah, I don't remember... Like, I remember a scene where they're hanging in cages and doing a daring escape, and I remember the map being really cool and, like, a sort of, like, abstract figurative map rather than the map of, of, a, of a place. And I, and, I, and I thought that was a, that was a really powerful idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it has that same sort of... I mean, it's like the whole m- magic items conversation that we had a couple shows ago, right? I guess, that, like, part of what made the Goonies so awesome to me was the fact that there were these artifacts that... Right were like you know i mean it was like a it was a, it was a movie that was very much like a video game or rather it was a movie that was very much like the kind of thing that that sired the kind of thing that a video game is yeah you know it, it it's weird watching it now though cuz it's it is strangely paced and it the is the goonies yeah it has i don't know just a weird a weird ebb and flow to it why why do you say that uh, I don't know. I, I think that just says it. <laughs> it. No, but I mean, what do you? How, how do you mean? How do you mean it's weirdly paced? Can you give? Can you give me any examples of like? It seems like it takes forever watching it now for them to get into the caves. Huh. And then the like the B story and the way that plays out. It just. I remember when watching it again. I was struck that it's different, and I I wonder if our sensibilities just keep getting altered by watching new movies is doing this uh, horror movie project with Matt and Adam we're watching uh, last week we watched Carrie and uh, was another one of the old ones well they Carrie and then, and that's like, what you call the Drew Carrie show right yeah. we drew Carrie and then we watched it and it, like a couple of 80s movies like some B movie about scarecrows and shit but it the pacing of those movies is so bizarre. It's just alien. Like, Carrie is so... And it's not just slow, it's the way that the music plays in with the scene, the way, like, how long shots are held. Like, in Carrie, there's that weird, soft focus, like, Vaseline on the lens camera that just nobody would dream of using today. So, yeah. Mm. I think that I don't know going back to going back to the happened. Goonies as an adult, I was way more interested in the parts that happened before they got mm-hmm. into the you know the sort of video game part. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was a kid, that was the part that I really liked. I also I, like I read the novelization of the Goonies just over and over and over again when I was a kid, and so I, I mean, I, part of it is just this like this abiding familiarity with the story that just makes it hard to hard to think of it as anything other than what it is you know it's hard for me to it's hard for me to apply a critical lens to it at all yeah but I see what you mean I mean you know and there are parts of that there are parts of the opening that were cut out there's like an entire scene where they uh, they're at a convenience store like getting supplies for their uh, for their delve and the frat boy guys uh come in and start hassling them and uh, they roll the they steal the map from him and like roll it up and light the end of it pretend it's a pretend it's a joint huh. and that's why the edge of the map is burnt when they get in 
to you know later when you see it but they took out that scene the way they took out the octopus scene wow um which really all those appear in the book uh, i don't know that they the i don't know that the uh convenience store one got filmed i guess why wouldn't it if you actually filmed a thing with a giant fake octopus why would you you know why would you not have filmed a thing that was just some dudes in a store yeah if you're gonna cut them i think i remember seeing the octopus scene on a dvd mm. and it it didn't turn out like it they made a good choice cutting that yeah plus it's just all of a sudden this is a movie about an evil octopus Optimus, octopus yeah wow. octopus prime <laughs> i think was what they called it optimus prime he transfer he transforms from an eight-wheeled truck mm-hmm. into an octopus I, uh, I, boy you know i'm i really uh, i'm glad that i signed up for octopus prime uh, because now my tentacles just get here for free for in two days yeah plus you get to watch a lot of streaming videos about mr potato heads and legos yeah things that uh, turns out can just fucking change colors how crazy is that <laughs> I was just thinking of all the things I've seen video of octopuses manipulating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like potato heads, Legos, their handlers. Yeah, you know what you haven't seen videos of octopuses manipulating is the world's governments. It's because they don't want you to see those. Yeah, the, anyone who's seen that is not alive to tell the tale. It is easy to pull the strings when you can pull them eight at a time. <laughs> How many oh, well, I guess, a, I guess a, 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 what I was going to call a marionette, you know, a guy who, is, a guy who uh, works puppets. Uh, uh, yeah, a marionette. marionettes. A puppeteer? Yeah, a puppeteer. That's what, I guess he can uh, do ten strings at once if he had them on his fingers. Yeah, but who's going to do that? Like, I don't think that marionette technology has advanced that far. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it'd get weird. You'd probably get a lot of RSI, like whatever fingers you were using to make the little dude walk. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends. I mean, if you were doing if you were doing the uh, in real time version of Forrest Gump, I guess the part where he runs back and forth across the country three or four times would would be really hard on your phalanges. Yeah. Plus, then you have to have the truck that's transporting you across the country back and forth so you can do the running. I figure if you're a puppeteer, you're going to be dedicated enough to your cause that you're actually going to run that puppet all the way across the country four times. Mm. I wonder if anybody's ever done that. I really doubt it. (laughs) You know, you could probably get on the news if you said, you know what, I've got this Forrest Gump puppet and I'm going to run it all the way across the country. (laughs) Uh, And Jesus, is it going to be boring? Yeah, so let's not do that. You just need to have a bunch of people with other puppets following behind you as you go so you can accumulate followers like Forrest Gump did. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, you wouldn't want to... I, th- I think you'd want to keep it authentic, right? You would want to inspire other people to make puppets and then run them along behind you. Oh, I right? see. Right, you wouldn't want it to be premeditated because oh, then it's just like not. a publicity stunt. Yeah. Nobody likes an insincere puppeteer. It's true. Uh, people do like saying it, though. Yeah. You know, it's got that two words with the same number of syllables, and they rhyme. Insincere puppeteer to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hate that guy. I don't know what he would like, be rescuing you from. Yeah, like an authentic entertainment experience, I guess. Yeah. Sort of rescuing you from... Uh, hey, you know what I think that I have never seen uh, is a is a puppet performance of any type at all. You should go see the uh, Lion King musical. Oh, yeah? Is there a puppet show in it? 
It's kind of all puppets. Like it's like a large scale puppet show. There, everybody's got a giant, uh, like a costume that they're, like a like a like a Muppet sort of that they're inside. Is that how it works? There are different kinds. Like the, all of the lions are actors with their faces clearly visible, but then they have a lion's head kind of extended behind them and on a some kind of support that goes kind of floats just above their head. And when they're angry, they kind of lunge forward, and the head covers their face, and they look kind of lionish. Yeah. Huh? How can I describe? That's- like, every one of them has a little thing. Like Zazu is a guy in a suit who's got face paint, kind of like a toucan, but then he's carrying a Zazu puppet, and he uses the puppet to talk, and huh. occasionally. Makes- so Z- Zazu is a toucan. I don't remember their. I don't remember that or, character from the movie. Whatever he is, the bird. Yeah, I don't remember there being a bird. The Rowan Atkinson bird? <laughs> no. That sings, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts? Mm, no. Are we talking about the Lion We're talking about the Lion King, right? Like, this is not... Yeah. Have we... I, I got this serious deja vu just now where we had a conversation in which hysterical Lion King blindness came up as a concept. No, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, uh, no, I, I mean, I remember, uh, P- uh, Pimone and Toomba. Right, those guys. <laughs> like in the musical, and Zumba. Uh, Timon is a... A meerkat, right? Yeah. Like, Tim- Timon, t- okay, I, I was not, that was accidental when I said Pimone and Toomba, because it's Timon and Pumba, is that their names? Yeah. Okay, so I remember those dudes, the meerkat and the, like, boar? Yeah. Right, is he like a, or a peccary or something? You're a, uh, you're kind of peckery. Yeah, I'm feeling kind of peckery. Uh, and then and then I remember Rafiki, who was awesome, right? And and voiced by Robert Guillaume. In the beginning of the movie, Scar eats Zazu and then has to spit him back out because Mufasa comes along. Then Zazu takes Simba out to the to the watering hole and. Wow. So did 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 the Lion King have fucking three comic relief characters? Yeah, but Zazu's only in the first part of the movie. Okay, because he gets eaten. No, just because the second part of the movie is off in the jungle, and he's not out there. Oh, okay. Oh, because the Lion King is sort of like prodigal son story, right? Yeah. Okay. Does Scar Scar kill Mufasa, and then Scar is the king, and then Simba comes back and unseats the usurper is that yeah, it's hamlet is that the basic story yeah is it hamlet well, pretty much the king's uncle kills the king yeah okay marries the the king's wife and then okay and i mean i guess timon and pumbaa are rosencrantz and guildenstern yep and and uh rafiki is sort of like an like an anti-polonius i guess <laughs> like and ophelia is not as useless as she is in the... Wait, does it... But, it, I mean, do, uh, Simba doesn't have a sister, right? Ophelia's not Hamlet's sister. Is I she? Think Ophelia's, I think Ophelia's Hamlet's sister. Because Hamlet yeah. seriously wants to fuck Ophelia. No, that's why they call it... Uh, that's why they call it uh, hemophilia when you want to fuck your sister. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. You uh, know, hemo, hemo, because you share blood, 
No, okay. I guess it is. I guess it's not his sister. What am I thinking? Sister of Laertes and potential wife of Hamlet. Oh, okay. Well, that's weird. I, until just now, always thought that Ophelia was Hamlet's sister. I've not read Hamlet in, Jesus, 20 years? 18 years, I guess? And you probably haven't seen The Lion King in 18 to 20 years. No, I guess you're right. Those were those were uh, those were pretty contemporary. Yeah, those for me. Came, came out at the same time. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I was in the the Lion King came out at the same time when I was in a Shakespeare class. Sure. Sort of, I guess. Was the Lion King my first run at the theater or my second run at the theater? Lion King was ninety four. Okay, so that was while we were still in high school. Yeah. Uh, well, you were definitely still. I forget that you're a year younger than me, buddy. Hey, you won't forget it so jealous so long. Uh, uh, yeah uh, anyway so that was Zazu Lion King fucking 20 year reunion is coming up I kind of want to go to mine I think I might yeah you know I kind of want to go to mine too I uh, I did not go to the 10 because I had to stay home and watch the 10 the right. uh, follow up movie by the people who did Wet Hot American Summer oh it wasn't the uh, follow up movie to 9 <laughs> No. Uh, wait, nine. What's nine? It was either that that? A, a musical with Daniel Day-Lewis or a computer animated movie. Ah, uh, yeah. The computer animated dolls. movie was good. Yeah. You know, if I was a kid now, if I'm not if I was a kid now, let's say I'm, let's say I'm 17 years old now. Do you think that, like, I, I feel like I would have really been as enthusiastic about, like, Mirror Mask... And Coraline, maybe. Uh, really, just anything Dave McKean. Uh-huh. And that Nine movie was good? I didn't like the Nine movie at all. You didn't? No. How come? Because they did a very boilerplate plot, and then they fucked up the ending. Uh, hmm. Like, if you're, if you're going to do just beat by beat this particular plot... Which, uh, which is what? I don't even remember. Uh, young man comes into tribe and, with radical ideas about how the universe works, and he's right. Elders from the tribe rebuff him, but one person believes in him, and they go on madcap adventure, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, why can't I find this movie on IMDb? When did it come out? Two thousand eight. Two thousand nine. I think it came out on 999. So that uh, wouldn't be 2008 at all. It'd be 2009. I guess a lot of stuff came out in, in 999. But I remember getting to the end of it and go, ah, oh, that's bullshit. You, you set up this clear mechanic in the plot, and then you just ignored it to have a completely random ending out of nowhere. Yeah. I don't even remember how it ends. Like, they, I remember there's ghosts or something. Right. They end up freeing all the ghosts. Weird green spirits. Right. Yeah. It was. It was no nightmare before Christmas. I'll tell you that for free, buddy. Mm -hmm. Crispin Glover was one of the voices, though. So was Jennifer Connelly and Elijah Wood. This has an all-star cast. Yeah, you know what else has an all-star cast? What? Uh, The Color of Night with Bruce Willis. That was a terrible movie. Oh yeah, I, I don't know. You can uh, you can take your pick for low budget animation. The Illusionist. Yep, boy. 
I don't know. What else what else had that sort of weird uh I thought the visual aesthetic of Nine was was really really stunning though. Yeah, it's it certainly was. And I mean it it feels like like I I want to say that I watched some stuff about this and now I'm suddenly having deja vu about this conversation. Like this was just a student film that was a silent 4 minute long animated thing and then they made a movie that they crammed a story into and dialogue that still had to have all the scenes from the student film right in it and so it just didn't they yeah, had a story and they just went to like the drawer full of stories that have been told plenty of times and just plugged one in I mean a lot of things though I mean the Lion King was good and that's just Hamlet as we've established right <laughs> but it didn't try to well it did it was Hamlet with a happy ending I suppose it didn't. Oh, yeah. It didn't decide halfway through that it would be better for Simba to just fuck off in the forest with Timon and Pumbaa forever and let Scar have Pride Rock. Okay. Right, because that would have been kind of a violation of that trope. It's kind. Yeah, I mean, how is like, how is progress made if not through the violation sure. of tropes, though? Which but is not to say it's always successful, but there are some things that are so deeply ingrained, though, like like the movie Dodgeball. The original ending of that, which was on the DVD, the guys lost the big game. And it just didn't work. It pissed people off. Because even though the movie was kind of a joke about sports movies, to make that ultimate joke where you have the reversal of the, of course, the underdog has to win, is just so unsatisfying that they ended up going with the other one. But on the other hand, Kingpin has the guy lose the big game and it's hilarious and you can do it but you have to do it right huh I mean I wonder what the difference is right like I wonder like it's almost like tricking the audience into accepting the non-Hollywood ending Hmm. right by doing it by doing it in a way that's yeah I don't know uh, I <sighs> that really really bothers me. What really bothers you know, the, just just uh, people not like. I don't think that anybody. I don't think you know you you. I don't think would say that like popularity equals quality. Right. I mean, that's that like I don't I don't necessarily think that there is much of a correlation between those things. If there if there is any way of of sort of objectively evaluating the quality of something. And I think that it to be to be a thinking person who wants to to think and talk seriously about pop culture, you have to at least labor under the illusion that there is such a thing as objective quality you know when when at the end of the day there might as well not be i guess right some people are going to like stuff and some people aren't well i think it's the same as philosophers just agreeing okay we'll never figure out if we're actually just brains in jars so let's just take it as a given that we're not yeah so yeah taking it as a given that there's some way to evaluate quality comma so there has got to be 
there has got to be a movie somewhere where in a can in the studio is an unpopular ending that made a better movie. And it didn't necessarily make a better movie for our moms. It didn't necessarily even make a better movie for us. But, like, by a rubric that we can conceive of, it made a better movie. I haven't seen that happen yet, though. I mean, I think that the in vitro suicide ending of the butterfly effect would have made that significantly better than the movie that I saw in the theater. <laughs> and and I wish that I had been given the chance to see that movie in the theater as opposed to having to having to have like just a poisonous taste put into my mouth by the nonsense that happened at the end of that movie to give it a happy ending. I think that there's a a place in between. I'm not sure that that move that ending was any better. Cuz to me it was ridiculously over the top and didn't work. I mean it was definitely over the top, but it was over the top in like a twilight zone way rather than like I the the the, the theatrical ending of the butterfly effect made me so angry. And like I would rather yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've had this conversation a lot. Like, I, y- you have characterized me as somebody who would rather see a movie where they tried something difficult and failed than a movie where they did something easy and succeeded. Right. Right. And and like, the, the, the it's weird that I feel like the butterfly effect was so close to being a really good movie. Hmm. I do not think that it was a bad movie, but. I would not, I think, defend it as having serious cultural relevance <laughs> or, or, or merits, you know. But I think it was an in, it is an interesting story. It is an interesting story in the same way that, like, Groundhog Day is an interesting story. But Groundhog Day is just clearly a fucking great movie. And, and The Butterfly Effect was, you know, like, it was just, it was just kind of pulp, right? Yeah. But the 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 happy ending that they had that they showed in the theater made so little sense. Right? It was like it was this is there is this irredeemable progress being made and then suddenly there is redemption that makes no sense at all. Right. Right? It is it, it because because it's not like oh I just I have to stay on this island so long that I will probably starve to death before I can accomplish what I meant to accomplish. Oh, but then a boat shows up at the last minute and there's some food on that boat, so I'm going to survive and everything is okay. This is like, this is like, all right, I need to keep cutting off segments of my lo- my legs so that I can accomplish this thing. And then when I cut off the last one, my legs magically reappear after I solve the problem. Yeah, that was... And- that's some bullshit, sure. And it was just it, it was just nonsense. It was nonsense in a way in a way that the that the suicide ending was not nonsense. Right? And maybe the suicide ending was ridiculous, but I don't think 
that they I don't think that the test audiences laughed that into the cutting room floor onto the cutting room floor okay. my cutting room floor is a bucket because I don't like to lose anything you know I think they were just like no th- he's supposed to get the girl and then I think the people making the movie were like wait what did you were you not watching the rest of this movie and the audience said nope no we weren't we were watching literally every other movie so I need you to make this one exactly like all the others hmm you know, I don't know. I don't know that that's how that conversation went down. You know, between figurative one guy who was in charge of that movie and theoretical test audiences. Right. You know, but it's just, yeah, man. Was there a middle ground ending? I don't remember. I remember no, watching all of the endings. I know that it, like, it bugs you to think of somebody compromising their art because of, like, the unwashed masses. And I can dig that, but I think that not every super unhappy ending is superior to every happy ending either. No, I, I, I yeah, and I if would you haven't, if you haven't earned it, I mean, like Shh. the other way around is uh, Final Destination. The, I've not seen any of those. Movies. Okay, well, the ending in the theater. So all through the thing, they're trying to beat death, trying to beat death. They think they've beat death, and then some spooky shit happens, and it turns out they haven't, and another one dies as the credits roll. In and that like the entire movie was scary but slightly goofy, so that made sense. But the original ending was they figure out the only way they can beat death is for there to be new life. So the lead character knocks up his girlfriend and then like commits suicide. And it was just ridiculous. It was so stupid that it it just kind of made the whole thing. I don't know. It's so the tone was so off. Sort of like the uh, sort of like the only way to defeat this universe eating spider is for us all to fuck this nine year old girl. Exactly. But first, uh, you need to bite its tongue, and it needs to bite your tongue, and then you have to tell each other jokes. Okay. I'm still confused about that part of it. I think I need to read that again as an adult and see if it makes any fucking sense. Uh huh. Well, again. Yeah, uh, you know, I. Well, you, your other pause the thing that endings don't really matter because sometimes if you write a cool enough story, there's no way for it to end yeah. properly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, I, like they lived happily ever after. I guess. <laughs> right. I mean that that to 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 me, it just it really does seem like the. They lived happily ever after is the ending for children, right? It's not. It's not the ending for something that, for the sort of thought-provoking stories that will kind of bolster a thinking adult's experience of of being alive. You know, <laughs> it's like, and they lived happily ever after is the thing that you tell a kid who, like you want them to be able to like sort of enjoy this period of their life where they don't know about disease you know they don't know about murder they don't know about heartbreak see to me though when somebody goes and they all lived happily ever after except they didn't because that's bullshit that's not what life is really like she got AIDS and then he 
killed himself and herself so they wouldn't have to die not together. That's the fucking real story, bro. Well, to right, me, but that I, I is mean, and, and I'm not as bullshit. Each story but, needs the ending that the story needs. But and I and I feel like the butterfly effect needed the ending where everybody was okay except for him. Because sure, that but was having what the him whole, commit suicide as a whole, fetus is retarded. So that was what the whole story was working toward. Sure, the, but having him so, commit suicide as a fetus is retarded. Okay, but That's having him kind I mean, of so, so then he could have committed suicide as a six-year-old or something, right? I mean, it like or he could have just died from the last time travel hit, which was what seemed necessary. No, because the point was that he had to die. But the point was that there was no way for him to exist without setting into motion. I mean, it it was it was sort of like a like a retroactive Donnie Darko situation, right? Like the whole story, the whole story of Donnie Darko is that he can't live without fucking everything else up, and the entire movie is is the the process of coming to that realization, and it ends with go back in time and commit suicide. Right, and that is pretty much exactly the story of the butterfly effect, except the way that the way that his shit was playing out was not I get multiple chances to live out this one day thing you know it, it, right. he wasn't in a he wasn't in a short cycle like Donnie Darko was right yeah but you know, it wasn't like it, it wasn't as... like an, it's like it, 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 and it, they're, they're both kind of it's a wonderful life right except that they they're both an attempt to do a tragic take on It's a Wonderful Life, right? Which is like, well, you know what? Fucking sucks for me, but it turns out that just circumstantially, me being around makes all this horrible shit happen to people that I love, so I'm going to use the means that the story has given me, the means that I have at my disposal to take myself out of the equation. See, I think it works just as well for him to realize he can never be with her and take that trip back and do that. But then that should have killed him. Just the time travel should have killed him. Because that's the way it was heading. But he was like, I did the last thing, and I told her to fuck off forever so I can never be with her, and now I'm sad. But my brain is miraculously okay after we clearly stated that too much of this was going to kill me, and it was getting very close to. Yeah. You don't need any fetuses committing suicide. Not everything has to be that horrible. Because when you get that horrible, it gets stupid. That's stupid. That's like the 15-year-old going, yeah, and then like his mother was a crack whore, and then he was like totally hung his fucking yeah. cat from the ceiling fan, and like, because that's what life is, dude. Like, no, oh, I think that, uh, no, I think that's, 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 that is overly dismissive. And, it, yeah... That's, I will admit... My reaction admit, to like a what seems to be like an unhappy ending for an unhappy ending sake is equally as bad. Sure, like, but I think that in but I think that Donnie Darko does not have an unhappy ending for an unhappy ending's sake. I don't think Donnie Darko right? has an unhappy ending. I mean it ends with the main character committing suicide. Being killed. How is that not an unhappy ending? How is Donnie Darko not an unhappy ending? Because he was I mean he was happy about his fate. He was at peace with what was happening. Right, and so was the so was fetus Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, except that was just bullshit. Whenever you have, all right, so check it. So he's going to be like a fetus, like still in the fucking womb, bro. I, okay, so putting it suicide. in a putting it in a fucking insulting voice is not the same as meaningful criticism <laughs> of it, right? I mean, like obviously, like something of an it asshole is, would say. It sounds so. like something an asshole would say. 
It sounds like something that the the like freshman guy in the creative writing class is going to write after he watched Pulp Fiction and The Crow. <clears throat> well, but that's my reaction. Like my reaction to a bad ending, an unhappy ending that I don't feel is earned, is the same as your reaction to a happy ending. Of any kind. No, that is a fucking bullshit way of characterizing. <laughs> well, it seems like you're saying that any anything that has a happy ending is just kind of sucking your dick. No, I'm that saying that I don't. Entertainment I don't. Should not have. I don't. I ending. don't like it when a story that is that is not intended at any point in the actual work being done to have a happy ending has a happy ending tacked onto it because people are unwilling to accept a sad ending. Hmm. That's what I, that is what I don't like. That is, that is very, very much a thing that I don't like. And, you know, what, and, and I think that it happens all the time with movies because test audiences reject an ending that's not, and they lived happily ever after. You know, I mean, like, it, it's like fucking Blade Runner being made into bullshit because it was confusing. It's like, you know, maybe we could just, maybe we could just release a movie that confuses stupid people. But I'm saying a, if a lot the of the time. That the guy making the movie wants to make. The problem with the unhappy ending is additionally that it's kind of a bullshit unhappy ending. Put in there because the filmmaker wants to feel like he's being serious or he's being taken seriously. And so, you know, at that point, independent of what the popular consensus is, it's probably a better idea to have somebody else come in and go, look, dude, I know that you're set on having the underdog lose the big game, but that doesn't fit the story that you've told. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's take a break and then answer some Kingdom of Loathing questions. Wow, that was a quick thing. Um, sure. Uh, 15 minutes. We'll be back in a bit. All right. Bro. And we're back. All right. I forgot to check with you, so I'm relieved that we're back. No, we're back. I was, uh, when you tell me how long it's going to be, I always set a timer hmm. and endeavor to be back before the timer goes a beep, a beep, a boop. For whatever reason, uh, Skype, yeah, you sent me, a, uh, apparently at some point, you sent me a link to these pictures of Zazu, the bird, and I still just do not recognize that thing. <laughs> you okay. Was it voiced by Gilbert Gottfried? No, that was the bird in Aladdin. No, I, I know. It was uh, Rowan Atkinson. Huh. Huh. It's hard for me to, to figure what it would be like to not recognize that bird because I think I saw Lion King four or five times in the theater and just dozens of times since then uh, you know I like I feel like I'm very familiar with Lion King but really what I'm very familiar with is the last 15 seconds of Lion King which I saw 500 times right uh, yeah boy yeah hey so this uh, radio questions thread uh, these these are all mixed Monday and Thursday. See, this is why I don't like doing this. Uh, Hot stuff always says, "No, nah, come on, just don't, just keep this thread, keep this thread for next show." But then we end up with like the Monday shows dipping into the Thursday shows, and the Thursday shows dipping into the Monday shows. 
Yeah. And it's a catastrophe. I mean, I know, I know you can't make a blintz without cracking a few cheese, but it's a mess. I tell you. I do. Uh, Grey Cat says, three challenges passed in a row with no stainless steel equipment reward from the final boss in Hardcore. Is that the new official trend or just an oversight? Well, Boris and uh, Zombie Slayer uh, were not going to have it because it what what piece would it give you? Uh, and we weren't going to make new stainless for every new class style path that we do. Uh, Bugbears, it was an oversight, but it was an oversight that went on for so long that I decided not to fix it. Uh, yep. Next time, that won't happen. Uh, Mr. Cyborg says, Sorry about all the whiny bitches in the leaderboard thread. I had a lot of fun with the path, and I look forward to doing it a few more times when the mood strikes me. Anyway, this was posted in another thread. You might not have seen it. I think it's a really cool idea. And he says, How about a necklace or some other type of accessory that lets you attach a Thwait gold statuette to gain path-specific perks? Uh, not only would it encourage people to actually complete all the challenge paths, but it would also at least pos- partially cover the topic of Mr. Store items for future challenge paths. Wait, what? I don't understand how it would cover the topic of Mr. Store items for future challenge paths or even what that sentence makes. Um, no, I kind of like that the Thwake Gold items don't actually do anything. Like, the whole point of them is just to be display case fodder. Display case fodder. Display case mutter. Here I am at Camp Granada. Is it Camp Granada? Yeah. Oh, because it's Hello Mutter, mutter hello, hello Fodder. Okay. It's not Hello Fodder. Hello, hello, fodder. Hello, mutter. Here I am at Camp Fuck Butter. <laughs> exactly. Why did I think that Fuck Butter was a was like a non-filthy spoonerism? <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck butter. I guess Buck Futter would be would be the one. I'm not sure what Buck Butter means. I was like, means, oh, how sure. can I take Butt Fucker and make it into something that is not technically obscene? Oh, I know, Fuck Butter. <laughs> that isn't gonna work. Uh, hey guys, says Nips, I'm digging slash loving the new path. It is tote sweet. Did I do that right? Yeah, you did. A question of logistics and your work loaf, dare I ask. Haha, <laughs> workload. Uh, I remember a radio conversation late last year, the move of the yearly content familiar to the start of the calendar year, and the work overlap that would cause with Crimbo. I believe Jick then stated that it would be on hot stuff to get that content done around the mid-year mark, or at least before the Crimbo workload hits, so as not to cause you all a series of aneurysms. Now, really, it would only be me having aneurysms. So that's... The... The... The uh, the stated demand there is that the content familiars be done by December 1st. Like, implemented, tested, ready to roll by December 1st uh, so that we can so that we can uh, properly focus on, on the crimbos. Uh, so, how's next year's content familiar coming along? I'm genuinely curious if any work has been done yet. No, it hasn't, but that's not, that's not unexpected. That's not at all unusual. Do we have an idea? I don't remember if I don't remember if we have any broader content familiar ideas left that we've not yet explored. The hell, the the layers of hell kept coming up every time it came time to do one of those. Yeah. Now and that finally, that... finally gelled with Seuss. Right. Gelled with Moose. We were talking about parts of the brain. Yeah, we were. As a potential. So yeah. there's that. Uh, great work as always. Keep it up and let Riff write more walls of text for the game. Try and stop me from letting him do that. Nah. I don't even know what that means. A developer request says, Tenshiao, would you be so kind as to add two more sort by on equipment, HP regen and MP regen? It would also be nice if things I can use did not show all the consumables you can't eat when you're a zombie slayer. Please and thank you. Zombie master. Why do I get every path name wrong? 
How's that? Even even the ones that I uh, even the ones that I come up with. Avatar of Boris became an Age of Boris. Zombie Master, Zombie Slayer becomes Zombie Master. Uh, if a zombie apocalypse did break out in the real world, what would you do? Says Tom Sawyer. Probably immediately get killed by a zombie. Uh, if yeah. I were if I were being realistic about it. I mean, not to get all just dark, sad ending, but that's probably what would happen. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, the fallacy that we all think we'd be the protagonist in the zombie movie, where most of us are, like, most of everybody has to be cannon fodder, right? Sure. Or it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, I think if there was, if, if I had enough time to get to Tucson, then I would suddenly have a lot more guns than most people, Mm. uh, and then I might be okay, depending Every once in a while, I think <clears throat> this is this is honestly a thing that I think, and maybe, maybe I maybe I'm putting this out there so that saner heads will prevail and talk me out of this. <clears throat> we have all those five gallon jugs uh, that we used to use for the water cooler at the office, mm-hmm. right? But then my mom gave me a, a used uh, osmosis undersink osmosis uh, reverse osmosis water filter that she used to use at her office. Uh, had that installed, and now those things are just sitting there empty. And I keep thinking, you know, I need to get these out of the office, and it would not hurt for me to fill these up with water and store them at my house. Nice. Like, right now they're sitting empty at the office. They could be filled with potable water sitting, you know, just in, in a room in my house, like the room, the little room under the stairs. Uh, where if I ever uh, if it ever turns out that I have a uh, a brother uh, who who uh, has has a kid and then gets killed uh, by an evil wizard, that is where that little kid is going to live. Right. Uh, but for now, for now, it's just mostly like scorpions and like uh, some uh, you know I don't know some large uh, some large things from when my mom got me some uh, home brewing supplies hmm. that I never got around to do anything with. Um. Well, I'm not going to disappoint you for very much longer, though, Mr. Skullhead. I'm going to... I got a... Uh, I got one of the last remaining pieces in my ultimate homebrew solutions uh, platform. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, uh, Hot Stuff got me for Christmas a, uh, a thing that will uh, allow the keg fridge uh, in my bar to operate at, like, a above typical refrigerator level temperature. Hmm. So that so that it can actually like, I will now have a spot in my Arizona home that I can reliably maintain like at you know seventy five degrees or whatever. Right. Uh, yep. It's time for me to start making beer, and then playing golf, and yeah. then you and I will have nothing in common anymore. And so, well, you you already smoke cigars. I was going to say that's the other one. Now the the brew bearing people uh, I can talk to. I just can't. The brew beer like Dave Brew Beer. Yeah. The. So, like, the people who brew beer and have beards, the beer, beard, brewer, gym brewer, I can talk to them just fine. It's the people who smoke cigars and play golf that I have trouble with. Really? You don't think... Uh, and work I, think, I think of cigar and beers as being as being more uh, likely to happen in the same dude. But maybe that's because I'm a big fan of beer and cigars. Well, yeah, like, the a lot of the guys who brew beer and have giant beards also smoke cigars. But it's the guy who... 
He was always wearing a shirt and tie and is like plays golf and smokes cigars and talks about his day at his sales job. Okay. That I have a a tough time relating to. That certain kind of go getter who uh, What about the woman yeah. uh who, who smokes cigars, plays golf? And uh, talks about her Zales job because she works at uh, Zales Jewelers. I think I would have very little in common with her, too. So I've got all this. I've got 25 gallons of water storage that I'm not doing anything with. And sometimes I think, you know, it would not hurt for me to have a supply of drinking water on hand in case something happened. Right. In case there was some minor apocalyptic event. And then I think, well... If I do that, then what is the next thing that nags at me that wouldn't hurt to do? You know, is it is it buying a bunch of uh, a bunch of, uh, of dehydrated food because it wouldn't hurt to have you know a month's worth of food in the house? Is it the buying uh, a bunch of sandbags to build a protective barrier in front of your house? Yeah. Yeah. You know, do I do I go get all the guns? Right. You should. Yeah, so nothing, I don't know. Nothing bad has ever happened to someone who had a gun in their house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, if a zombie apocalypse did break out in the real world, I would probably go get all those water bottles and fill them uh, first. <laughs> with guns. Yeah, fill them with bullets, really. You know, <laughs> guns, you can't get a gun in there. You'd have to break the bottle, and then it wouldn't hold... You know, your guns would leak out. <laughs> yep. Uh, Joy says, hey guys, love zombies. I was wondering if there's a trophy for having a zombie horde of some ridiculous size. Uh, if there was, I wouldn't tell you, uh, but there's not. On a non-zombie note, are there any hand turkey outlines left in the game that have not become a hand turkey? I believe so. I don't know that there are any publicly visible ons anymore. Uh, ON09 says I disappear from the game for a month and when I come back Mr. A's have gone up by another million any plans to stabilize the economy perhaps increase the meat drainage from the MMG by 0.1% maybe somebody who's thought about this for more than a minute has some better ideas Uh, you know I mean I keep hoping that people will start donating for more Mr. A's because I kind of think that's a supply side issue hmm uh, the postmodernist says, so this is admittedly a ridiculous question, and I know I'll sound like every other wankery make a KOL fanboy out there, but here it goes. So my girlfriend has never seen The Wire, and while I'm reviewing the entire series with her, about midway through the fourth season, several young characters speculate that Chris, a soldier for Mario Stanfeld, isn't merely killing hoppers in the dope game, but rather raising them as zombies. One claims to have seen him change his victim in vacant houses, and they refer to him as the zombie master. Needless to say, I thought of the current challenge path. I guess my question is, why aren't there any jokes referencing The Wire in KOL? Surely you guys have seen it. It'd be an awesome challenge path. Lots of amusing characters to incorporate goofballs to be sold and Gordians to evade. It's all in the game, baby, but why isn't it in this game? Uh, you know, I've never seen The Wire. I haven't seen any Wire at all. Uh, I, I, After hearing from multiple sources that I find uh, reliable uh, that The Wire is the best television series that has ever been made, uh, I bought it on DVD, uh, but have yet to actually watch it. I think it's one of those things like I I bought it with the intention of watching it with Hot Stuff because it's also something that he wanted to watch. But I also bought Band of Brothers with the intention of watching it with Hot Stuff. And even though it's only like eight hours long or whatever, we still have not gotten around to doing that. So I think I'm just sitting on it forever. 
I think if I have to, if I, if my intention is to watch something with somebody, it needs to be somebody with whom I'm awake and at home during leisure hours at any point. Yeah. Ever. Which is just, which is not a thing that happens with hot stuff. I don't know who I'm going to be more excited to see when we get to Dragon Con. Probably Richard Garriott. Oh. Uh, was it between me, Richard Garriott, and Hot Stuff? Yeah. Yeah, go for Richard Garriott. That's the least uh, controversial. Yeah. Ah, oh, boy. I'll give him a big old hug and tug on tug on his rat tail. <laughs> I don't know if Richard Garriott's going to be there again. Probably not. I don't know where he lives now. I think he lives in New York. I think he. I think he married that decayu lady and moved to an apartment in New York with her uh yeah so I I own The Wire and I should watch The Wire man I've been enjoying Breaking Bad I I did it I broke uh, down (laughs) and uh and bought uh the season pass and then I realized after I bought the fucking season pass on on the iPad that there was for like six dollars cheaper a non HD version of it which I'm watching this on a fucking iPad like I care about a goddamn HD all that meant was that the iPad did not have the capacity to even store eight episodes of it at once mm. and it took for fucking ever to download man listen to these first world problems Mr Skullhead yeah man that's some bullshit that you had to put up with that I am a little annoyed actually at that. I'm not saying, like, this was me not doing my homework, but this was, this was a, a thing being presented to me in a way that made it more likely that I would mistakenly spend more money than I had to. And it's just not that I have a lot of trust in Apple, but shit like that is just a, it, it just causes a little erosion of trust. You know? It's like when we went to Universal Studios and the cheapest way of getting into the park that we were at for the day was not a thing that was on the list of things that you could buy. Right. Which I... that That is sketchy in a way that is irrespective of how evil an organization is, I think. Right, like that goes that goes beyond like sinister, shady backroom decision making. That's just kind of straight up, and it's just like shysterism. Yeah, and yeah, it's annoying. You know, like there was just it's like oh, Breaking Bad season five. Here's the button to buy it. Oh, it's seventeen bucks. All right, or twenty two bucks or whatever. Um, and so I bought it, and then realized on the screen after that that there was a standard definition version available Hmm. and I don't care about watching it in HD I'm watching it on a like a nine inch screen which is pretty annoying you know Trubs spends hours and hours and hours watching stuff on the iPad but I never really watched anything on Netflix streaming until I got the Roku where I could actually watch it on a television yeah I I don't really like watching it on my laptop, and that's got a 15-inch screen. Yeah, I like. You know, when I was when I was in New York a few years ago, I watched a bunch of stuff on my laptop, and it wasn't that big of a deal. So it was like sit on a couch and watch it on a laptop. But if I'm in bed and watching something, I have two 
I have two things that I want. One is for it to be in front of me. I don't want to have to be turned sideways to watch something. Mm-hmm. And two is that I don't want to have to hold anything while I'm watching it. Except maybe my dong, depending on what I'm watching. Am I right? Exactly. You're so right. Yeah. Hey, Riff, I love the pet. Thanks for the work system. You guys have said before that you like to give HP out like candy, but try to be frugal with MP. Is there a reason that every familiar gives equal amounts of both or does not give HP? A HP-style starfish sounds like it would be cool and fun but not break anything. Yeah, you mean like a mosquito? Hmm. I realize somebody else came in uh, to the thread and told you this. And the mosquito was the very first familiar. A mosquito and then a potato, I think. And that was when I wasn't really sure what the theme of this game was. Well, the potato was an albino, and then your libido was the third familiar? Yeah. A palomino? Yeah. There's no palomino in that lyric, is there? A palomino from Encino? I think it's in there somewhere. Okay. Perhaps Eat the second Cheetos. stanza. Uh, Glebe says, what KOL things are you guys working on when you're not doing Challenge Path or Mr. Store stuff? Ah, fuck, man, I don't know. I've been working on the level 9 revamp. Boy, am I ever working on this uh, factoid-ish mission. Yeah, you are. Yeah, Solazar says, In the Monday podcast on the 6th of August, you mentioned the Haunted Sorority House as part of a discussion about clan dungeons in general. You said you did not believe it was ready for prime time or did be extensive enough to be a permanent fixture. Uh, I was a new player in July of last year and as such technically had the opportunity to participate in it, but I didn't really get into participating in a clan or in a clan dungeon until after the chance had passed. Since then, I've really enjoyed Hippopolis and the Slime Tube. I've done a hamster run and had all kinds of great experiences. I still regret not trying the Haunted Sorority House when the chance was there, though. Nobody I've spoken to has had a bad word to say about it. Lots of people have really enjoyed it, any chance you might bring it back for a future Halloween? I know it's nobody's fault that I missed it but my own, and I'm not saying it's something that's owed to me, and I'm just asking a question. If not, then I look forward to whatever you give us next for the clan basement. I might occasionally complain about something in the game, but just to balance the scales here, most of the changes are awesome. Well, thanks, Salazar. Um, and thanks for the... Thank you for that level 9 revamp thread, people in the forums who, who uh, logged on one day and decided today's the day I'm going to say something nice. Uh, today's the day I'm going to pay attention to what my mom told me when we were growing up Um, I don't know about bringing that back you know I'm I'm of two minds on it like one I think that the reason that nobody has anything bad to say about it is because the brevity of its existence made it more special to them and it, it has not had to endure the months of scrutiny that something like the slime tube does where, you know, people complain a lot about the slime tube. Um, you know, and maybe that's because the slime tube has some things that are annoying about it. Uh, but maybe it's because it's there for them to complain about. So really we should just not ever do anything so that nobody will have anything to complain about. I think is, uh, is what, is what I've concluded here. I wish to fuck that we were capable of doing something simple without I don't know maybe we should just do another uh, we should do another uh, clan dungeon for the Halloween event and then just make it something that we're okay with leaving there forever maybe that's what we should do Yeah. because when it was like hey we need to do a clan dungeon by the 14th we just did a fucking clan dungeon right and maybe it wasn't perfect but what is, really? Except for maybe the original director's cut ending of the uh, the butterfly effect. 
Ultimate Chaos says, I heard Hot Staff will be on the radio. Sounds like a sexy person. On that note, boxers or briefs? Which do you guys prefer? Or diapers, I won't judge. Boxers. Boxer briefs. Yeah. Had we not answered that in a while? I think it has been. I think it has been maybe a maybe a number of years okay. since we answered that question. Uh, my mom has taken to uh, getting me uh, getting me a pair of boxers for Christmas every year, just in time for me to change out of the last year's Christmas boxers. I was going right? to say, given the frequency with which you change your clothes, I change uh, my shirt every day, Mister Skullhead. Do you? I do, yeah. I never wear a shirt twice in a row. Because huh. that actually gets gross. Uh, he says. <laughs> with, you know, operating under the assumption <laughs> that it is okay to not change your boxers. I, you know what? I'm just going to come right out and say this. I will sometimes wear the same pair of boxers for five or six weeks. Yeah. I don't think it's like a super on purpose thing. <laughs> You know, it's just a, like, well, you know, nobody's complaining. Right, the same pair of boxers? Yeah. Same pair of underwear? The same pair of underwear for five or six weeks. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that I probably change pants, like my shorts that I wear, probably two months. Hmm. I would say that I would say that I have enough shirts that I do laundry, like, once every two months. And every time I do laundry, I wash the shorts that I've been wearing. And then I put on a different pair of shorts. Good. Well, see, you're lucky to not excrete anything. Yeah, so. I think that I think that I am. You know, I guess I don't wear boxers as long as I wear shorts. Maybe I just don't really understand the logistics here. I tend to go two or three days on a pair of pants, but mm-hmm. underwear absolutely every day. Huh? Yeah. Well, you wear those gross boxer briefs that trap all your sweat. See mine, Absorb. my boxers—they're—you know—they just—they wick—they wick the moisture out, and then they—they uh, just—they dis- disperse it. You know, it goes kind of everywhere. Yeah, it goes straight down your legs. No, Th- there's never enough accumulation of moisture that it could go anywhere you don't, of its own volition. You don't secrete anything. Just yeah, that's true. This. I don't—I don't really sweat. I don't think I've I, ever, like, even in. The times when we were living together, or the times when we were on trips and not showering. I don't think I've ever smelled an unpleasant odor coming off of you. Well, except farts. Yeah, I mean, coming from under your arm. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, I do wear I do wear deodorant. That's one of the few trappings of uh, our overzealously cleanly society that I uh, that I do still. I I have not yet decided to stop wearing deodorant. I yeah. guess you wear deodorant, but not antiperspirant because you don't perspire. Uh, yeah, I don't wear antiperspirant. I you know I'm really not okay with the way that antiperspirant works. If I didn't wear it, I would look ridiculous. Yeah, you would always have giant giant sweaty stains. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe it'd be different if I lived somewhere humid. Of course, maybe I'm just a fucking disgusting, filthy grodster, and nobody tells me. You know, maybe you're just saying, oh, you never noticed me smelling bad, but you're just being polite. Uh, Does that strike you as the the way that I would be likely to be? Oh, no, like ever sparing my feelings about anything? No, I guess not. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Uh, Kerbludgeon says, oh, that is a great name. Yeah. Oh, wow. How did I never see that before? 
Join date 29th January 2011. Man. Is there a limit to the number of uh, zombie hunting fellers one may encounter at a run? Is there going to be a zombie uh, slayer skill point cap? Uh, d- uh, n- no, I guess. No, I mean, there's only so long that you will live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I mean, I guess eventually KOL servers will be consumed in the uh, atomic fireball resulting from the sun going supernova. Uh and no, no, uh, no skill point cap. Were you expecting people, many of which are burned out on zombies in the media, to groan upon the introduction of the new challenge path? What does it say about the player base that this has appeared, to my limited perspective, to not have been the case? I, I think the number of people who will say that they are burned out on zombies is smaller than the number of people who will like a good zombie thing that comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I like saying oh man zombies i'm so over zombies i don't really understand what the person saying that is saying you know there's a lot of media around that features zombies these days there is but it like you know are people like oh god i'm so fucking sick of world war ii there are all these world war ii things everywhere it's like well if you don't like them you could always watch something else or play some other video game or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, who cares if there are a lot of zombie things out there? Some people really like them. It's it's a genre <laughs> at this point, right? So, like, oh, man, it's like you go to the science fiction section. Ah, oh, fucking spaceships, man. When is it going to end? All this shit with spaceships in it. Move on to something else science fiction buttholes no like what why what like what is the point of what is the point of expressing that you're sick of zombies well anyway so yeah i don't know i mean it like that we so we did we had not done we had not ever done a thing where you're a zombie before and so we did one and so it's a new thing that we did so like, why it, would people complain about it? like? Do you think it makes sense when Twilight is super popular and The Vampire Diaries is super popular and True Blood is super popular for people to say they're they're not interested in another thing about vampires right now? Um. Well, I you know you know anybody's allowed to say whatever they want because right, that makes sense to me. Somebody saying like zombies have been everywhere and have been we don't well like what's the point of you saying that bacon is too ubiquitous on the internet or that it's kind of an easy go-to okay that's what they're saying yeah i I guess that this is like a a real life version of a meme that's kind of sure okay but so 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 bacon is somebody saying bacon Right, a new zombie movie is a dude making a fucking movie, and it takes a really long time and is a lot of work, and it's a creative thing that they put a lot of themselves into potentially. Right? Like, I don't complain about. I I think it's kind of funny that there is a teen paranormal romance section of bookstores now, but I'm not going to complain about it because See, who the fuck cares? It, it kind of makes what me annoyed that that that's what people want to read. It what? It it annoys me that that's what people want to read. I I think that that relies on a faith in people that 
if it wasn't that, they would be reading fucking... I, I was going to say H.R. Giger when what I was trying <laughs> to think of was Pinchon. Thomas Pinchon. Why, why the fuck are those two things adjacent in my brain? That's pretty bizarre. Yeah, I... What, ah, what is... I gotta stop drinking during these shows. Or just period. Oh, yeah. You yeah, I gotta definitely. Stop, I gotta stop drinking, period. I, no, I mean, I, like, I, yeah, I, so it's, it's entirely possible that somebody could make a clip show of me just complaining about the ubiquity of things. Right. I, I guess. But, like, I, so The Walking Dead was a good show. I watched the first season of it, and I wasn't like, man, zombies, whatever. It was good. I watched it, and I was like, oh, that's good. And then The Walking Dead video game is like one of the best video games that has come out in my lifetime right and so the idea of just like oh this is about zombies so it can't be good is fucking crazy right and and so like yeah i just don't like i get it i get that people are are you know well i don't know is there anybody who is burned out on zombies like is there anybody who watches The Walking Dead, and they think, God, you know, if I had seen this two years ago, I would have liked it. But I don't like it because it has zombies in it, and I'm just done with zombies. Like, I don't think that there is that person. I think I can see there are a limited number of zombie stories to tell, and most zombie entertainment tells the same one. You know, you have your ragtag band of survivors who get picked off one by one by the zombies until one of them survives and or maybe none of them survive there's that possibility but but, but it, I mean there's there's I a limited the... space to work with there and it seems like after you <laughs> run over that those plot points eight or nine times you just got to take a break who has to take a break everybody like well clearly I, I... the person who says i'm tired of the the storytelling space in which zombies can Operate, right? But, I need but a break. that's, I mean, that's on them, not on the so, people creating stuff, right? Well, like, well, no. It's it's the right of somebody who enjoys consuming media to say, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this kind of media. I think it's played out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's acceptable. I, I, and I would not say that it is not their right to say it, but what I would not concede is that they have a point at all. I would not. I would not concede that it is helpful or constructive or even meaningful to say that. I mean, if somebody were to say to me, "I have the zombie movie I'm working on," I would say, "Huh. What? What kind of angle are you going to bring to that? That the last twenty? Or right now, for me, it's not zombies. Right now, it's, hey, I have this like found footage horror movie. It's going to be totally sweet. Like, okay, well, what are you going to bring to it that is?" different from what everybody else is doing like how does this thing justify its own existence what are you what is it putting into the world i think See, that's, whereas, that's something I guess you have my, to ask my perspective is more what value am i going to add to the world by shitting on somebody's creative effort instead of just ignoring it right i mean that like the, the people the people making movies that i haven't seen yet they don't care what i think of their movie so why would I go on the internet and yell disparaging things about their movie 
based on my assumptions that it's going to be the same as everything else that I'm already tired of. I mean, like... Okay, buddy. Well, I, so I'm, I just kind of wonder what the point of... What is the point of any bitching about anything on the internet? Well, yeah. Honestly. I, I, I kind of wonder about that. Because I, I think... I think that the right thing for creative people to do is just fucking ignore it. And I think that the right thing for everybody else to do is sort of shit or get off the pot. Like it, you don't like just because you have an audience who will respond to you spewing a bunch of negativity doesn't mean that the sum total of the mark that you have left on the world isn't just a, a pile of bile. A puddle of bile. A pile bile. bile. Etching fuck zombies into the sidewalk in front of a church. I always assume this stuff happens in front of a church. If if talking on the internet is yelling in the streets, the streets are always in front of a church. Man. I don't know. It's also... It's another annoying thing to have people go, God, everybody's complaining about zombies. Again, now you're complaining about the people that are complaining. Like, maybe expressing opinions about things is one way that human beings communicate with one another and attempt to find common ground with each other so that they can further their relationship and grow closer. And and saying you're kind of sick of zombies because you've seen 12 zombie movies this past year and it seems like it's just a trendy thing to do now is a, a legitimate thing to say. Yeah, okay. And if they say it about our game, we say, okay, but well, we haven't done it yet and we thought it would be fun. Sure. And I mean, I it, guess that And if it's are... fun, that's its own defense. Sure. I mean, but I guess what I'm saying is that I will take something that is positive and legitimate over something that is snide and legitimate any day. You will? Y- yeah? Huh. I don't know, man. <laughs> I like I I feel like I it, it it seems to me and I might be totally wrong about this, right? Like I might just not be listening to the things that I'm saying. But I it's not even like I have started making an effort to be less negative. It's just that I have lost I've lost enthusiasm for it, like thoughtless criticism of things, I guess. Mm. You know, yeah, man, I don't know. I've gotten too sensitive. When did I become... When did I get all emotional? It was when people made me stop saying gay. Yeah. Then I suddenly started paying attention to everything. Yeah, your your gay urges had to come out some other way. Yeah, I guess they did. Ugh, man. Fucking spiders. Uh, Sorry, I need a version of this game without spiders. That's where we landed. That's where we landed when we had to stop making fun of Asians. You know, we didn't ever actually have to stop making fun of Asians. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet. Asians and yeah. fat people are still good. Nah, you don't read enough Metafilter if you think it's still okay to make fun of fat people. <laughs> yeah, see, this is weird. You you seek out those Metafilter arguments where people are just going to be shitting on each other. Yeah. But well, not, they're not, not but with they're like not the, shitting on. I mean, not I would with seek like out the popcorn munching. I just wanted people yeah. shitting on each other. Yeah. There's this. There's this particular kind of. Yeah, you're right. Wow, you're right. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe I've figured out. Maybe I like I let 
maybe Metafilter is like my other side of the tracks in in Victorian times, right? Where where I just go over there and sort of like wallow in filth so that I can go home and be polite. No, I think like you don't read those arguments with the like mindless popcorn munching glee and watching other people be upset. I think it's more just fascinated that people are passionate enough about that to argue it, maybe? I, know. I you know, I think it's the it, it the ones that I like are the ones where I feel like multiple contradictory very strong belief systems are clashing in the same person because I want to see how a person deals with that. Right. Like, you know, the most fucking exciting piece of news that I have heard in a really long time is about somebody fucking 3D printing a functional gun. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how interesting that idea is to me in terms of the cultural response that it is going to engender because information wants to be free oh but also we just knee jerk hate guns so now what the fuck are we gonna do right yeah yeah privacy arguments copyright arguments and maybe that's it. Maybe I just like to get all that out of my system. And then I just come here and I argue with I argue with people in the forums where I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm it's my ball, so you guys don't get to ask me to do anything with my balls that I don't want to do. US out of my uterus, is what I say. Yeah. Uh Time says, Do they might be giants have any albums that are as good as slash have a similar field of flood? I have They Might Be Giants, Flood, John Henry the Else, and since I have kids, all the kids ones. Just wondering if you had a suggestion for another pickup, or should I just leave well enough alone? I think that Apollo 18 is... I don't know. I feel like Apollo 18 delivers on Flood's promise more than Flood does. You disagree with me about that, right? Mm, No. No? Apollo 18 took me longer to get into, but I liked it better when I was done getting into it. Flood has a surprising amount of filler. Yeah, have we had again. this conversation before? What do you What do you think is filler on Flood? Uh, hearing aid, for sure. Eh, okay. I couldn't really say without looking at the track listing, which I could just turn around and grab the CD. But yeah, I would I mean, say Flood has, like, a, Flood has a lot of really amazing songs on it. Yeah, Lincoln is quite good, although maybe a little strange for some tastes. The new one, Join Us, is incredibly good. I would say grab that one. And I really like The Spine, too. So both of those I thought were really good. I The only They Might Be Giants album that I've only listened to, like, twice instead of 20 times is The Else. It just mm. did almost nothing for me. Is that the one with Stalk of Weed on it? No, that's The Spine. Oh. The Else okay. had... Uh, yeah. Um, the... Climbing the Walls, Upside Down Frown. Uh, it just, it sounded really tired. Like, this is a John Linnell song. I'm John Linnell. This is the kind of shit that you expect from me. Bleh. I'm John Flansburg. This is my underwhelming rock song that I, is the only thing I want to write now. Bleh. Mm-hmm. No energy to it. Yeah, I've, you know, I've kind of felt that way about everything since John Henry. 
I, I guess I, I guess uh, maybe factory showroom I didn't think factory showroom was all that either really except I, for um, till my head falls off and yeah till my head falls off three is or four. probably in my top five they might be giant songs um, you know, like, like metal detector ones. is another like I am John Linnell this is the John Linnell song What else do I think of on there? The the bells are ringing sounds like a collaboration between the two of them to right. me. But it could just be a John Linnell song. Yeah. Huh. I you know, I I stopped paying attention when when it stopped being like, oh, here's the album. Right? When it when everything was suddenly like, oh, here's a bunch of stuff from other stuff. Here's a bunch of internet stuff. Like it got really hard for me to it got really hard for me to take it seriously. Hmm. And I don't know why exactly. I mean, that's also the point at which I just kind of stopped. I stopped following all of the bands whose albums I would buy as they came out. So in the in between what Mink Car and The Spine, there were just a dozen little B tracks and I think it happened before Mink Car though. Yeah. Cuz Mink Car still has some good shit on. Yeah, you don't like Cyclops Rock, but that's one of the only like that's one of the only like obviously Flansburg no, songs I, that I actually think is really good. I rather like Cyclops Rock. Oh yeah. Yeah. The the Flansburg ones on that I like better than on some. I could say that. Is would you think would you consider absolutely Bill's mood to be a Flansburg song? Born in a lighthouse, but my world is uh, maybe. I don't even know which one of them is singing on that. Like it was so uh, it was so processed back then that it was hard. I think that's Flansburg singing. Yeah, but I think it's when the two of them are collaborating, then you get songs like Absolutely Bill's Mood that are belong to neither of them. Kinda. Yeah, like um, your racist friend has that Flansburg rock thing to it, but then it has Linnell's weirdness in it too. Mm-hmm. But then for a while, some, har- it's, some it, harmonies and stuff. It seems like Flansburg yeah. doesn't like harmony. For for a while, it seemed like they had just stopped writing songs together, and that's why "Join Us" was so exciting. Like hearing both of their voices on a track is not something that happened for a while. Yeah, I've been less excited by the last couple shows that I've seen. No, because you haven't heard the songs. Yeah, I guess that's probably it. You're a self-fulfilling prophecy, my man. Yeah, I suppose I am. I'm begging you. You know what we're going to do when I get down to Phoenix is we're going to watch The Avengers while you listen to Join Us. God damn it. Oh, yeah, at the same time? Well, maybe I, shortly thereafter. I, You know, once more, this weekend, it came time for me to go to the movies, and I just didn't want to see Batman. I kind of I really enjoyed Batman while I was in it but the more that I think about it You were in it? it? Yeah, it was pretty awesome The more that I think about it the more I'm not I wouldn't recommend anybody go see it who wasn't already excited about it I saw a picture on Reddit that made me really want to really want to do this uh, of a guy who just rotated his headphones uh, 90 degrees around his head (laughs) It's just like hey, look at me I'm Bane uh, I would do that now if it wouldn't make it so you couldn't hear me and I couldn't hear you. Yeah. 
the Dog Delusion says, no, wait, Darkwing says, I'm really enjoying the Zombie Slayer format. It's fun and helpful, and it got me wondering why the disembodied hand can't use shields or other offhand items. I just think the concept would be awesome for a shield that can move on its own. A sort of defensive Mordenkainen sword, if you will. Oh. I will not... The Dog Delusion says, I just started the zombie path and it's made a pure win. Thanks, Riv. Question, would you ever consider themes for your KOL radio shows? Like when you make the thread say, this next Radeon show is going to focus on familiar, so ask all your familiar-related questions or something like that. Might be interesting to see what kind of questions or conversations came up from the community when the scope of possible questions is narrowed a bit. Just a thought, maybe a bad one. No, I think that's a pretty good idea, actually. Um, let's see... Yarge asking for some stuff. Epic, erotic Muppet Killer. Some more mm. stuff. Uh, Takenoko says, On the August 20th show, Jake or Mr. Skullhead mentioned Han getting a parsec wrong in Star Wars. I recently learned a bit of trivia that apparently that was done on purpose to show that Han is a shady character and is just blatantly lying to Obi-Wan and Luke. No, Citation. it wasn't. Yeah, no, it goddamn well was not. <laughs> that... Something that people are going to pay that much attention to is going to be the subject of innumerable, totally plausible-sounding retcons. Yeah. None of which, none of which were even a gleam in anybody's eye in 1977. Because the official one is the Kessel Run goes through an asteroid field, and the the quicker that you can, the shorter you can make it. Is the closer you can, you're you'll you're willing to fly to the asteroids to make your run shorter. So mm-hmm. the measurement of how good you are at the Kessel Run is how few parsecs you can do it in. Yeah. Or like, can't it just be okay that he that Lucas didn't know what a parsec was and he didn't have the internet? Yeah, I I think it can. But but that's because I'm you know not inclined to just to just shit on other people's creative work. <laughs> yeah, you never do that. Yeah, no, not with George Lucas. Uh, on the Thursday show, says Lacabla, you said you wish free runaways didn't count as turns in his own, and said you wish you could change that. You talked about possibly lowering the barrier of entry for new players. Unfortunately, free runaways don't have to count as a turn in the zone to be useful. Things like looking for non-combats in the spooky forest, looking for the library key after the first five turns in the ballroom, looking for the bookshelf after five turns in the library, and so on, benefit from free runaways even if they don't count as a turn in the zone. However, since you have to spend turn. Uh, spend five turns in the zone before they can help, they suddenly become more fiddly without becoming more useful. So it seems like a bad change just due to that, not that you were actually going to change it. Yeah, no, no, I mean, it, it, I, I wasn't going to change it. I know that we can't do that. It's just, I wish... It's it's one of those things that, you know, you, you build a bunch of systems and you see what falls out as a result of that. And sometimes it's cool stuff, and sometimes it's like, ugh, fuck, I wish I had anticipated that and prevented it but you know you can't really do anything about it either way uh you've said multiple times says dog lord 420 that the best tasting thing would be the top ritz cracker on top of an infinitely tall stack of ritz uh, this is not true because and then i'm not reading the rest of this because i disagree with you dog lord 420 mm. the way my reading of everything tastes better when it's sitting on a ritz is that the goodness of the ritz is added to the goodness of whatever you're eating. And I think that is certainly the implication of the of the campaign, right? It's not like, no, oh, if you use a Ritz as a plate, your bologna sandwich will taste better. That is clearly not what they meant. Right. Right? What they meant was a piece of fish on top of a Ritz cracker tastes better than a piece of fish by itself. Thus, 
adding the goodness of the flavor of the Ritz to the goodness of the flavor of the piece of fish. I don't know anybody who would eat a piece of fish on top of a Ritz cracker. I mean, like a, an anchovy or something, yeah. An anchovy, really? A sardine or a... I guess I've eaten I, a bunch I of wouldn't. tuna. I've eaten a bunch of tuna, but I wouldn't call tuna a piece of fish. Right. It's sort, sort like of like a fish slurry. Chunky white albacore, if you had fancy tuna. They came in chunks in the in the little can still, but uh huh. But the question there is, so you put your Ritz on top of the other Ritz and it becomes tastier, but then does it transfer the enhanced tastiness to the third Ritz you put on there, or oh, it, abso- it, a, it absolutely does. Okay, so it's not just a flat increase; like everything tastes just a little better on a Ritz, but there's that's your limit is two. Well, but even if everything tastes just a little better as a result of being on top of a Ritz, it would still work, even even if it wasn't transitive, right? Because the top one on an on top of an infinitely tall stack of Ritz, it tastes better because it's on top of the bottom Ritz. And then it tastes a little better because it's on top of the next to the bottom Ritz. And then it tastes a little better than that because it's on top of the third from the bottom Ritz. Yeah, I agree. And right. I, I think that we can all agree, though, that it's the the tallest stack that you can fit in your mouth. Because I don't think I that think, I can agree with that. I think once you take it off of the stack to, to eat it, then you've lost that transfer of tastiness. Uh, but I think that if we are if we are operating in a world in which it is possible to have an infinitely tall stack of Ritz crackers, we are also operating in a world in which our mouth is infinitely tall. No, I see. Because I think in in like a place where the cow isn't perfectly spherical, you know, it, it's only the tallest stack that you can get in your mouth. Because if you have to take it off of there, it's not everything tastes better once it has sat on a Ritz briefly. Yeah, I don't it know. To, it has to be currently sitting on a Ritz. I, I you know, I mean, I, this is why we, this is why we have the Talmud, you know. Yeah, people have gone like, to war for less. Uh, Alioth San says, "Hey, Jake, I just woke up from a dream in which I asked this question, so I guess I'd better ask it. Oh, I haven't done the slime tube yet. I enjoyed the heck out of the very, very, very angry bugbears. What are your thoughts on including more? You must defeat so and so much monster level worth of monsters type mechanics in future quest revamps or variations such as you must do this much damage to them cumulatively. I like it so much. I'm specifically working it into the level nine quest revamp, for instance." Wow. Yeah. B. Smith says, The Council of Loathing seems to always be worried that the Goblin King is planning to invade Seaside Town. Have you considered a challenge path in which that actually happens? Oh, man, I don't know. Knob. Everything's knob goblins everywhere. Dot com. Challenge path? Dot tumblr dot. Yeah, okay. Uh, Question for Riff about some stuff. You know, I'm going to goddamn save the rest of the goddamn questions in this thread for the Thursday show. You goddamn fucking well should. Damn it. I got here Monday to you, love Prince. Walking. Um, so, the other day, I was singing Nothing Compares to You, and my girlfriend said, are you singing the Sinead O'Connor version of that song? And is there another version of that song? Did Prince actually record a version of it? I don't think so. I'm sure... I'm pretty sure that he didn't before Sinead O'Connor did. He okay, wait, done now? It later. Yeah, okay, Nothing Compares to You is a song written by Prince for his side project, The Family. It was later made famous by Irish recording artist Sinead O'Connor, who covered it and released it as the second single part. Huh. Well... 
I guess it's possible that my girlfriend knows that. As a, and this was one of those like who who is this band doing the Limp Bizkit cover? I like this acoustic version of the Limp Bizkit song Faith much more than I like the original Limp Bizkit version of the song Faith. This is what you'd get for dating twelve year olds. Yeah, this was a long time ago. It was more okay for me to be dating a girl that girl's age then <laughs> than it is than it is now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what I've really accomplished by proving that, but <laughs> but I've proven it. I mean, when I started dating my twelve-year-old, my I had a little test for her because I was freaked out about how young she was. And you were freaked out about how illegal your relationship was. I, I one of the I questions have, was you know, who is the artist that ahead. recorded. That one of the things that one of the things that your buddy uh, your buddy Jesus said. Uh, was was that uh, let he who was without sin cast the first stone and it's all well and good it's all well and good to make fun of me for my predilection for younger dating partners but only one of us only one of us is a rapist Mr. Skullhead how much older than uh, Emily are you? Uh, 12 what's the gap there? 12 years yeah, you you have steadily increased the gap in years between you and your girlfriend. I know it's awesome. Yeah, you keep I'm just getting saying, older. Mr. They stay the same I, age. I, I I have never once in my life had sex with a girl that was younger than 19 years old. I have never once broken any laws that make me technically a rapist, the way that you have, buddy. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I, you know, it was that I know, I know in I your said life that I only want to say things that are positive, right? But but in your case, I'll make an exception. Rapist. <laughs>